Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show. We are back. I know it's been a few weeks, but, you know, after the crazy Super Bowl run, we had to take a, a week or two. But we are back. And, of course, the Eagles are back. And, Matt, never, ever, ever a dull moment with this team. Yeah, Elliot, Howie Roseman and the Eagles are, if nothing else, the most interesting team in the NFL year in and year out. They have a Super Bowl trophy now to show for all of that. And today they made another big trade, adding Michael Bennett in a deal with the Seattle Seahawks. And the crazy thing is, is like the whole cap space thing. We love to talk about it. I love to write about it. And we'll get into the cap space in a little bit. But that was just my first takeaway is, you know, you write about how their cap how they don't have a lot of draft picks. They don't have a lot of cap space. And then they go and they trade for one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and Michael Bennett. I mean, 23 sacks over, over the last three years, a bit of a down year last year, I guess, by his standards with eight and a half sacks, but 10 sacks in 2015. Uh, he's had over seven sacks in six of the last seven years. So he's a consistent pass rusher. He's really going to add to this defensive line. I mean, you know, I, I saw people tweeting this and it's true on third down, their pass rush is going to be absolutely insane. And if you're in opposing offensive line in the NFC East you are you are already afraid of the Eagles defensive line but now I don't think there's much dispute they have the best defensive line in the NFL oh no doubt Elliot last year I think the Eagles had the most dominant and aggressive and productive defensive line in football they go out and they bring in Michael Bennett and you alluded a little bit to that third down pass rush Adam Schefter tweeted about it and I think that this is probably what Jim Schwartz now has the luxury of doing with a NASCAR package similar to what the Giants had in 2007 when they when they ran four defensive ends on the field at the same time, they now have the luxury and the possibility of putting Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham as your two defensive ends with an all-pro defensive tackle and Fletcher Cox alongside Michael Bennett. So mm -hmm. good luck to any offensive line trying to block that and keep your quarterback upright on third down. Um, my, my next biggest takeaway, Elliot, and you know, when I, you and I have talked about this for the last several months, I, I wrote about this on the site a few minutes ago. I really believe that this move is just another move in a line of trades that Howie Roseman has made over the last couple of years that really embodies a new organizational strategy. And it's a winning one of taking middle to late round draft picks and flipping them for established NFL star caliber players. We saw last year in the Jordan Matthews trade, getting Ronald Darby for a third round pick. We saw with Jay Ajayi getting him for a fourth round pick. And now you see it again today with Marcus Johnson and a fifth going for a seventh and 
and Michael Bennett. You, you mm-hmm. alluded to and you brought up the cap ramifications. They're going to have to figure that out. And I think that Vinny Curry is uh, next in line to either restructure or go via trade or being released. But this now seems to be the MO of Howie Roseman. Look across the league, find a veteran player who might be on the outs, who you can get for cheap. And you kind of eliminate that variable of the unknown of what a mid-round draft pick will turn into by bringing in a veteran player. Yeah, and I had a uh, down at the combine last week when we were both there. I had an agent tell me that just his from his talk from him talking to the Eagles and things like that that they would rather have a veteran player. That's what this is what they said to him. They they would rather have a veteran player on the roster than draft picks. This is a win now team. I mean, yep. you you can't and you just alluded to a little bit, but I mean it's not a complete way to look at it. But they don't have a second round pick this year because of the Carson Wentz deal, correct? So that's yes. basically Carson Wentz. Then you have Ronald Darby, then Jay Ajayi, then Michael Bennett. So this team is a win now team. And I mean, look, me and you all ever since we started this podcast and even went back when Mark Eck was on it, we've debated Howie Roseman up and down, I, you know, and you said he should be executive of the year. He did end up winning that. It's really hard to argue at this point when you look at Howie Roseman 2.0 and, you know, we, we can debate which moves Joe Douglas has input on and he has input on all of them. But this move has Howie Roseman written all over it. I mean, even before they did this, just for fun, uh, you know, it's a snow day. I was just kind of bored. There was a report that Richard Sherman might be on the move. And we were like, oh, maybe they, maybe he'll go after him. Just because Howie is the kind of guy to go after big names to make that splashy move. For sure. And Michael Bennett, Michael Bennett certainly uh, does that. So let's just talk about – I think there's three main takeaways to talk about just with Michael Bennett. First is on the field. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they split how they split up the snaps next year. I think we're both assuming Vinny Curry is going to be gone, right? Yeah, no, I think that that's a given, and I think that you're going to see an uptick in snaps for Derek Barnett. They gave him they invested well, a first the round tough pick thing, in him. Though. That's the tough thing, though, is what I was going to say. Because all right, right, so you have Brandon Graham, so you're four defensive defensive ends, and I guess maybe they don't take one now in the draft with 32, but you never know. But um, so they're get, they're going to have Brandon Graham, Chris Long, Derek Barnett. Uh, and Michael Bennett. First question, who are your two starters there? Yeah, I think that I would, again, they go in nickels so often that I don't really know exactly how you can determine starters. And also they rotate their defensive ends so often. So that term kind of goes out the window. But I think that first snap of training camp practice and maybe even first snap of week one, I think that it's going to be Michael Bennett and Brandon Graham. I mean, you look at the production, they mirror each other in terms of the last two years, what they've been able to do in terms of disrupting quarterbacks. And then you have Derek Barnett as part of a rotation on either side. But I think that where Bar- where Bennett is really going to pay dividends here is that third down pass rush. Because I think they're mm-hmm. going to work Barnett in a lot more than they did a year ago because he proved that he's worthy of those snaps. But whether it was Jim Schwartz, whether it was Jim Johnson, whether it was um, any other defensive quarterback that we've dealt with, Elliot, they've all said you can't have enough defensive ends. So I think that adding a, an elite player like Michael Bennett into the rotation, it benefits everybody. It benefits Graham, it benefits Barnett, and it benefits Chris Long if he's still on the roster. Absolutely. So the next part of that is then who are they going to be getting rid of to make them make this move? So if I mean, the salary cap in the NFL is an extremely complicated thing. But from my quick from from looking over it, then it's going to bring in he's got a million and a half roughly uh, base salaries. So the Eagles will be due for that. And then he has a roster bonus. So the total for him comes to around six and a half million, somewhere between five, five and six million, somewhere around there. So by my by my math, if they add Bennett, but then they cut Tory Smith. Brent Selleck and Vinnie Curry, they end up right around even in terms of the salary cap, um, which is pretty impressive when you think about it. I mean, when you look at the trade, they're basically going to 
do away with Smith, who they probably weren't going to bring back anyway. Selleck, who they weren't going to bring back. I mean, the, the draft picks, and you and you replace that with Michael Bennett. Yep. Really masterful, masterful work by uh, by Howie. No, I but, agree, and I, and I think that one other name that we could kind of throw into that mix there, Elliot. I think there's a, a better than average chance that Wendell Smallwood isn't on this roster um, in training camp, and maybe even before the league year begins. I mean, if you just look at where they are right now, you would have Jay Ajayi, you would have Corey Clement. You have a chance to draft one. It's a very deep running back class, and I think that if you can get a guy on a rookie deal rather than bring back Wendell Smallwood, who seemed the coaching staff te- seemed to sour on a little bit when he couldn't stay on the field, I think that's mm-hmm. one other player where they might free up a couple of bucks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's other guys they can cut as well. Um, I think you'll probably you'll probably see them redo Brandon Graham's contract, bring his cap hit from seven million down a little bit. So yeah. I mean, look, Howie. I think at this point, like I said, High Roseman 2.0. Um, he's a Super Bowl champion, as he likes to remind everyone. So he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Now, the the other question, and I've seen this a lot in my uh, in my mentions since the trade, is Michael Bennett's not exactly you know a, a straight down the middle type guy. I mean, he's outspoken. People definitely have opinions on him. Um, some Eagles fans have said they're mad the Eagles traded for him because Bennett had that whole incident. I guess it was a year ago at this point, where with the uh, he accused some police in in Las Vegas of, of brutality, and then uh, he had to end up apologizing or something like that. So it was this whole incident. Um, so the question I'll ask you is, and then and I'll give my take on it. How do you see him fitting in in this Eagles locker room? I mean, this is a very outspoken guy that, you know, that's going to bring a, a big personality into yeah. this locker room. That's already yeah, very tight. It's funny you bring that up, Elliot, because I had the exact same conversation with my father about this maybe 15 minutes ago, and he was one of those Eagles fans. He was one of those guys that says, how can you bring somebody with Michael Bennett's personality and temperament and what happened in Vegas into this really tight-knit Eagles locker room? And the only thing that I can really tell people, and I know that you can attest to this a little bit as well, I think that players view Michael Bennett and guys like him dramatically different than fans view Michael Bennett. And obviously mm-hmm. we haven't worked the Seattle Seahawks locker room, but he was one of the more respected and vocal leaders in that sure. room. And just go on Twitter and look and see how uh, Seahawks players are reacting to this deal. But two things here. You, you think about the Eagles and you have Malcolm Jenkins, Torrey Smith, who might or might not be on the roster. Chris Long might or might not be on the roster. I, I think he'll are, be here. I, think I, I, I do as well, but this trade kind of puts that up in the air a little bit in terms of his role. But my point is these are all very progressive, socially active, very outspoken men who are along the same ideolo- ideologies politically and what they're trying to accomplish as Michael Bennett is. And they went out and won a Super Bowl, even with all of the off-the-field activism. So I'm not too concerned about him rocking the boat, and I just think that he's viewed a lot differently outside of NFL locker rooms than he is inside of them and here's the other thing too is that the eagles as a team are going to face the challenges franchise has never faced before and very few players in the locker room have faced before which is repeating the super bowl champions you know take out the, the activism and all that stuff you're adding a guy in michael bennett that's been there he knows what it's like to try to defend a super bowl title he knows what it's like to go into a season knowing you're going to get the best shot from every team so i think he's going to be a real asset to the eagles locker room in that way i also think that he'll be a real asset for doug peterson doug's a guy that shows he's willing to listen to his players he likes to talk to them to figure out how to handle certain things and i think bennett will be a real asset and a real asset in that regard yep. in terms of you know how doug's going to manage this whole super bowl defense campaign and the thing doug has mentioned time and time again since the season ended is 
the locker room is going to be a big deal next year because when when teams win, it changes things. I mean, you know, who's he, he said it a few times. Who's going to be the guy to hold out? Who's going to be the guy to want more money? And I think adding a guy in Bennett that has won before, knows what it's like to repeat, but hasn't won recently. I think this is a guy that's going to be a real vocal leader in the locker room, a guy that's going to really help shape the personality of this team. And he's not a defending Super Bowl champion. And when you go down the list then – of guys that are going to have major influences on this roster. I know that, yes, Carson Wentz got a ring, but Carson Wentz, uh, Jordan Hicks, Jason Peters, Michael Bennett. I mean, those are four really key players, four guys that are extremely, well, Bennett, I believe, will be, but four guys that are very respected in the locker room that aren't going to view themselves as defending Super Bowl champions. And I I really think that that's going to be a big deal when it comes to the Eagles making sure they don't have that Super Bowl hangover next no, season. No, I think that you just brought up a really terrific point in that nobody really in that locker room outside of maybe LeGarrette Blount and Chris Long, and they weren't even on the roster after they won it with the Patriots, nobody has experienced that feeling of the target being on your back, that you just won the Super Bowl, now every team is gunning for you. And Bennett's been there, and he's been there multiple times, so he can impart that experience onto the rest of the room. So from a locker room chemistry standpoint, I don't have any concerns about this. I think that what I'm really going to be focused in on with this is what's the next domino to fall? Is Howie Roseman able to pull a rabbit out of his hat, so to speak, and get some sort of asset in a trade for Vinnie Curry, even though every GM now knows that if they don't trade for Vinnie Curry, he's going to be available to sign and sign immediately. What are they going to do in terms of freeing up cap space to get under the salary cap threshold by the 14th? And again, there's a lot of time and a lot of moves that they can make to get there, but this is a very unique offseason for Howie Roseman to be able to add talent as he just did with Michael Bennett, but make sure that you get under that salary cap threshold. And I don't have any doubts that he is going to be able to do it, but it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how they create that cap space. All right. Well, two things, and I want to go through the guys in the roster, but first, um, this trade cannot be officially completed until the new league year, which is March March 14th, but that hasn't stopped Michael Bennett. He just tweeted out a photo of himself in an Eagles jersey with with a bunch of trophies and, of course, hashtag free Meek Mill. So he is already endearing himself to the Philadelphia community. But let's you know, we just talked about it. We've talked about him on the field, talked about him in the locker room. Let's take a quick minute because we haven't recorded in a while and go over some of these guys that we think could be potential cap casualties on the Eagles. Because as we mentioned now, you know, they they do have to make some moves like they're 15 million over the salary cap as of right now. Um, As I said, they can get under it or at least to it pretty easily. So Vinnie Curry is going to be about $6 million in savings. I agree with you that at this point, or sorry, about $5 million in savings, but I agree with you at this point, it's going to be very hard for them to get anything for him. Um, I mean, maybe you get a late round pick just because a team wants to make sure they lock him up. I think the loss of Vinnie Curry, I mean, you have Michael Bennett now, so you've yep. you've offset that loss. But Vinny Curry was very good for this team last year. Um, he was a very good pass rusher. Didn't play a ton of snaps. And so I think you'll see that, you know, Michael Bennett had eight and a half sacks last year. Well, he played 930 snaps. So when he comes here, he'll play a little less. I think Vinny Curry, I think Michael Bennett's a better player than Vinny Curry. But I don't Great. think it's, it's, it's a huge discrepancy at this point in their careers. Uh, do you agree with that? Or maybe, no, I, maybe I, I, I agree, but I, I think that. The discrepancy here is the Super Bowl. Well, they both have Super Bowl experience at this point, but I think the real discrepancy is that Michael Bennett has a much stronger body of work for his career than Vinny Curry did. And I think that playing him less snaps in a rotation is going to help that. And if math serves me correctly, I believe that the roster bonus that's due for Michael Bennett is something like four or five million dollars less 
than the roster bonus that Vinnie Curry is due. So just from a simple economic standpoint, it makes sense to, to flip option A, which is Vinnie Curry, for option B. Cheaper, you're not going to have any downside, which is Michael Bennett. Yeah, I mean, so the, the cap hit for Vinnie Curry this season was $11 million. Michael Bennett's going to cost you six. But you're also losing – you're also going to have dead money. So you're still going to have $11 million tied up into the Vinnie Curry slash Michael Bennett spot. It's just you're only going to have Michael Bennett. But regardless, I think that's a good move. So let's go over through, go through some of these other guys that can maybe get rid of to save money. So Jason Peters, do we agree they're going to keep him? <sighs> I, I, I go back why, and forth why, on him. Wait, wait, yeah. While you think, let me just tell the people listening. So if they cut – if they cut Jason Peters, they save $4.3 million, but there's dead money if, if he's released, $6.3 million. So he's got a cap hit of around $11 million, uh, $10.6 million to be exact. So even if you cut him, you still have $6 million on the books, but you do save the four. Yeah, um, I, I think that they're going to try to free up even more money with Jason Peters because I don't think that – I think that they'll bring try to bring him back, but I don't think they're going to be satisfied doing it at full freight. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I am with that. But I think they will. Although I think, you know, if you, if it's not Jason Peters, I think you could make the argument it's a no-brainer decision to get rid of him because I thought Vi, uh, Vitae played well last year. Yep, yep. Um, and there are some pretty decent um, offensive tackles you could have in the middle rounds this year, too. Yep. All right. So uh, Brent Selleck, there was a report that he wants to come back and play. If they cut him, they save $4 million, a million in dead money. I wouldn't be completely surprised to see him restructure and come back for a million bucks just because I think he'll want to play here. I don't think he'll want to move. And the reality is Eagles, I mean, it's a business. Brian Dawkins played for another team. Don McNabb played for another team. Jordan Matthews played for another team. I mean, you know, you talk about Eagles right. legends here. Yeah. Oh, Jordan Matthews in that conversation. Yeah, huh? exactly. Is that where we're going there? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but um, no, I mean, look, I think Brent Selleck, you're saving, you're, <laughs> I think you're saving the $4 million with Brent Selleck. Yeah, Brent I think Selleck. that if they can conf- – here's how I think that one plays out they're going to tell brent Selleck that on the open market you're not going to be getting more than a million a million five we'll pay you 1.5 million to stay and if brent Selleck says i'm agreeable to that then i think he's here and if he says you know no i don't, I don't want to you know take a pay cut then i think they wind up releasing it but i think there's no chance that they'd bring brent Selleck back at his current deal Agreed. All right. Michael Kendricks, uh, money saved if released, 4.4 million, dead money if released, 3.2 million. Um, I think assuming they don't bring back Bradham, which I think is extremely likely at this point, yep. uh, I think they hold on to Kendricks. I mean, look, obviously saving the money would help, but I mean, I guess it depends who they like in the draft. Saving $4 million is a big deal. I think Kendricks played well for them last year. I think he kind of recovered from you know that year or two when he, he wasn't playing great. I think he's taken... Yeah. Took, took a step forward. So I think they should bring him back. But if they see a guy at 32 that they really like, that they think can just step right in and give him that, or even a guy in, the, in you know, if they end up with a second or third round pick, um, I think you could see him be moved. Yeah, I think that the only way that Michael Kendricks is back here is if Nigel Bradham is back here. I think that Nigel Bradham, and we'd agree on this, is a significantly better football player than Michael Kendricks, and he played that way last year, especially when he was calling out the defensive signals from an off-ball position when Jordan Hicks got hurt. Um, I think that it's pretty likely that Nigel Bradham is going to sign elsewhere. I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to afford him. So if he does sign elsewhere, I agree with you, Elliot. I think that Kendricks is back. But if they throw a boatload of money at Nigel Bradham and sign him to a three or four year deal, I think it becomes pretty difficult to keep both of those guys and that Kendricks would be expendable at that point because of the money and because you could draft someone like a Malik Jefferson at uh, at 32 or you can get a linebacker in the middle rounds. 
Agreed. Agreed. So, all right. So those are probably the guys I'll uh, get rid of. All right. Let's let's just kind of before we wrap this up, any more other thought, any other thoughts you have on this trade? Um, you know, we're still kind of learning all the details, but seems like I think we both agree pretty much no brainer win for the Eagles or any, yeah, any no, thoughts you have on it. I, I agree. And again, I think that this is something that you're going to start to see more of across the league. And you saw the Giants just acquire Alec Ogletree for two draft picks. This is another move where GMs now, it's a copycat league. They're going to start flipping draft picks to bring in veteran established players because they saw that it worked with the Eagles. And I think that Howie Roseman, this was a pretty progressive strategy that he might have picked up when he was talking to EPL GMs and NBA GMs Mm -hmm. when he was in his year away. And I just look at moves like this and the moves that he made last year it's forward thinking and it's why the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year because of the way they've built this roster and it seems like they now have the ability to bring in veteran players as long as they can keep a majority of their core for the next several years these veteran players have positioned them to have this window open for at least the next three to four years around Carson Wentz again yeah I agree and again I mean this Bennett deal is probably a one-year deal he is 32 maybe he's back in 2019 at a lower a lower number but overall I mean I think this is just a home run move. Um, it'll be fun to cover him in the locker room for sure. He's definitely an interesting guy. But So Howie Roseman does it again. He makes a deal all Eagles fans love. He uh, He's GM of the year. I mean, Matt, you called it, you know? Yep. Nothing I can say about him at this point. Until he makes a move I don't like, then I'll rip him. But this is, <laughs> this is a good move. Um, as for the podcast, we're going to try to have these more often for you coming up. But just been a crazy time, you know, it's Super yep. Bowl and then it's time off. But the draft's coming up. Free agency's coming up. They'll be making more moves. There'll be more emergency pods. But, Matt, uh, thanks for coming on doing this really quick. And we'll talk you to you guys it. soon.